Hello, hello, hello. Good afternoon, good morning, good night. Praise the Lord. Glad to be here. Are you ready to get this party started and jump into what we got for the next Advent part of the different attributes of Jesus during this time of year? And I like doing this because it actually it helps build up who Jesus is. And then from here, we can continue on with some of the other things uh, in Christianity and how to walk out life and do life and all that fun stuff. So, and how to walk it out in victory. So, different attributes of Jesus. Today, we're going to be hitting up that he was advanced in wisdom. Advanced in wisdom and where he obeyed his parents. So, that's what we're going to be touching on today. Just so you can get ready ahead of time, it's going to be Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to start in 48 all the way up to 52. So 48 up through 52. So Luke 2, 48 through 52. And I couldn't do 48 with my fingers because I don't have enough. All right. So jump on. Who are you watching with? If you're watching by yourself, again, good. Who can you share it with? And also, where are you watching from? Because I'm always curious, like to see where people are watching from. So good times. Hashtag challenge accepted, showing up later in the video, and tag somebody. Maybe tag somebody who needs some wisdom, or they need to listen to their parents, if it's a younger person. So, all right. So that's what we got going on today. I'm going to jump into it pretty quick. It's only a couple verses, so come on, let's get started. Luke chapter 2, verse 48. The Bible says, His parents were shocked to find him there. Okay, I guess I should give you a little backstory. Uh, the parents, time for being at the temple was over, so they're heading back home. And uh, they hopped into the station wagon, and uh, they had the other kids in the seat, and they re they didn't realize till after they were down the road a little ways that the seat that faces the rear all the way in the back was totally empty. Which he was the firstborn, so I don't know why he'd be sitting back here, but it seemed like the fun seat to put him in. So they realized the back seat's empty, and they were like halfway home. And Mary's like, Joseph! Turn around. We got to go back. We left Jesus. It's like he left the, the, the oldest kid. Anyway, he turned around to go back and, and get Jesus, and they found him. He was in the temple with all the priests and rabbis. All right? So that's what we're starting at here in verse 48. His parents were shocked to find him there, and Mary scolded him. Can you imagine yelling at Jesus? But back then it was okay. <laughs> Mary scolded Jesus, or scolded him. Son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere. We've been worried sick over not finding you. Why would you do this to us? Jesus said to them, Why would you need the search for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand what Jesus meant. Jesus went back with back home to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. As Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity. The favor of men increased upon his life, for he was loved greatly by God. All right. So, you can see where Jesus has wisdom. And I put it present tense, not past, because his wisdom hasn't left them. 
All right, so Jesus has wisdom. So he came to earth as a baby, which is what Christmas we're getting ready to celebrate. I know that it's not likely that he was actually born December 25th because of the calendar didn't exist in the time frame. I, I get all that. This is when uh, it happens to be on a calendar to celebrate. Yes, I know that there are a lot of uh, pagan rituals that it has been birthed from. I get all that. I don't want to hear about Christmas trees and all that other other stuff like there. Because for me, celebrating my Savior, being born. Happy birthday, Jesus. Even though we, we might be off. It might be, maybe Christmas should have been in July. Okay. So, I know all of those things. I, I don't need to hear about how Christmas is sacrilegious. And I, I get it. I understand. It's beside the point. The reason I'm doing all of this is to help teach some of the attributes of Jesus. We're going all the way back now to when he was about 12 years old and what he was doing in the temple. Let's see. Okay. I already gave you kind of the backstory. You can go ahead and read it on your own. I just wanted to see what all it said there. But Jesus was in the temple. And he, with the, let me see how what it says here. Jewish teachers listening to them and asking questions. So that was verse 46. Verse 47, all who heard Jesus speak were astounded at his intelligent understanding of all that was being discussed and at his wise answers to their questions. So they, as a kid, he was sitting there answering questions uh, that they were asking. And also he was asking questions. So it was a mutual thing. They were uh, each learning from each other. So, now, here, here's some of the things I want you to see. There is the part where Jesus had wisdom. If you look in, uh, what is it, Psalms 1, you find that the beginning of wisdom is where? With the Lord. So, that's, the, uh, that's where wisdom is found at. And you got to understand, too, back in Jewish culture, that the men raised their children up with the Bible, well, good ones anyway, raised their children up with the uh the Quran, almost said Quran, the Torah, at the time, and they they taught them all the different things. They taught them the history of Israel, and so he was would have been raised up with that, and not to mention probably studying some on his own. But here we find him at twelve years old, uh, here in the temple, and it's you see where she scolded him for being there because it's a child. Parents worry about your children. I understand that. You don't worry about them. I think about them. And then Jesus said in verse 49, Why would you need to search for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? So he then even recognized that he was in his father's house. And I, I have no doubts that Mary was telling him about his birth and everything all the way through his life up until that point. So I'm sure it was not a, a big surprise. And, and knowing that and knowing what the Bible said and seeing uh where things were prophesied about him, he would have had that desire and that understanding to be with his father. So he was wondering, like, why were you searching all over Jerusalem when you knew I should have been right here? So it was a, a just a, a curious thing. And I, I like how it says here in the Passion, uh, be here in my father's house, consumed with him. So desiring everything of the Lord, of his father. Sometimes I, I think that's what needs to be happening in our lives is from our waking moments to be consumed with the Lord, desiring His presence, asking Him what the, the plan of the day is. Now, I understand you, you may have a schedule of events and 
the plan, but how to go about that day and still be kingdom productive in it. So just a uh, just a little thought there. Mary and Joseph didn't fully understand what Jesus meant. Jesus went back with them back home to Nazareth and was obedient to them. So it was at the point to where they could have probably left him there, but that wasn't the plan and the purpose of the Lord for his life. There's, there's a lot that can be learned in growing up in families. You can learn a lot of how not to do things, and you can learn good and proper ways to do things. Some of you may, may look back on your family life and think, that was absolutely miserable, and I wouldn't want anybody to grow up like that. I get that. It's up to you to not replicate it. See, a lot of times what happens is is the, type, the way that you grew up affects how your adult life is. And if you end up having children, it affects how you raise them. And sometimes it just replicates itself over and over and over. I can't tell you how many people say, oh, I, I, I really hated my father and how he left, or, or I hated my father and how he was, and I don't want to be anything like them. But you keep an eye on them, you keep following them, and you find out they end up being just like what their father was. Because that, that curse that's in that family keeps replicating. Now, you, as a person who's a blood-bought, born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you are a Christian, you are Holy Ghost-filled, you're following Him. Curse no longer applies. That may be freeing for some of you. And that you can actually be set free and have that thing totally broken off of your life. And no longer miserable. No longer have to worry about how it's going to affect your children because that curse has been broken and it was broken with you. And the reality is, if your parents are still alive, you can honor them and pray for them. That may be hard to do for some. I I understand that. And pray for them that they may come to that saving knowledge too and you can break the same curses off of them. Because it's not you that does it. It's Jesus still working his miracle working life through you. And that's some of the most beautiful things about Jesus is the fact that people are never written off until they breathe their last breath. And that's, I mean, that's some real compassion and love right there. And maybe, for instance, maybe your parents are not alive and maybe... They never got to get saved. Maybe you still got some hate and discontent for them. And you're a Christian now. Now's the time to be able to let that thing go. I know I I say that and you're like, yeah, you make it sound so easy. I, I get it. I understand. But I also know this, that the Lord is the one who can help you with that. That can can bring you the victory over that. That you can set your parents free, whether they're alive or whether they're not. You can still set them free and not hold that anger against them. Maybe it's justified. I I completely understand that maybe it's justified. But the deeper and further that you want to go in your relationship with the Lord's are going to require things from you that might be just a little bit uncomfortable. And you're going to have to let those things go, those hurts. And let them die, just like your old life was dead once you got saved. And if you're not saved, then keep listening. I'll get you there toward the end, all right? But Jesus went back home to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Here's the the thing about being obedient to parents. The Bible actually says that there's blessings for honoring your mother and your father, okay? There's, There's blessing. Long life, it actually says, can come from such a thing. 
And if you read in uh, Proverbs, all throughout Proverbs, it talks about um, fathers and children's and mothers and children's relationships. All, all through there, scattered all throughout it, it talks about that type of relationship. And the reason that it's set up that way is because the relationship with God is like the relationship with a father. Maybe you had a horrible relationship with your father. And I understand, but he's not that father. He's a good father. He's totally different. He's actually the father that you wish you would have had growing up. He's that way. He can be that way to you, lead you, guide you, show you the right path, how to do right things, how to love people. I, You know, at one point I had to ask the Lord to teach me to love my wife. Yeah, that's, it, seem, it seems kind of crazy, but it's uh, I have kind of a, a, a rough and she would say uncaring maybe un not compassionate personality and it, maybe it's it's true there's aspects of it's true i'm sure and i i actually had to ask lord nor teach me how to love my wife the way she needs it not the way i want to because i love her different than than what she needs to hear so and the lord did why because he's a good father and he was able to show me and teach me take me in the word about loving my wife so there there's all kind of different things, but what I want you to see there was the obedience the parents had, that the children had to their parents, because why? It brought a blessing on your life. And it doesn't end once you're an adult. It's like, well, I don't have to be uh, obedient or uh, be respectful toward my parents. No. All the more, as you're older, you still respect your parents. One of the things that I see that irritates me is uh, older parents and how... Um, grown kids will speak to their older parents. Now I understand some of them may have mental things and Alzheimer's and stuff like that, but they speak to them like they're a child. And maybe it's where they're, they're cognitive and, and how they grasp it. But I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just me. If, if you do that, and it, you can let me know that why. But it, it just bothers me because it's like it's, it's your parents even in the state of mind they're in their respect. And I can remember sitting with my grandfather shortly before he died. We went to see him in uh, North Carolina. And I hadn't seen him for quite a few years. And he had Alzheimer's. And uh, and just talking with him, and there was a, a big disconnect, you know, because his, his brain wasn't all there. But I just loved him. I talked to him just like he was my grandpa from years prior. I, I still showed them the respect even where he was at, and I think we prayed with him before we left, and, uh, or not, I, I can't remember, it was a long time ago, but uh, still was able to respect him, and I can understand if maybe it's day in and day out for you, that it, it may be a little bit different, but I, I just want you to keep it in your mind to honor your mother and your father, even in that older time. I probably need to call my folks more often than what I do. I call them from time to time, and, and vice versa, they call too, because, you know, phones work both ways. But, um, so, I still love and respect my parents. I still hold them in regard. There's times where I'll even still call and see what they think about things. And you know what? Now that I'm older too, they can call and see what I think about things because I've learned different things than they were able to learn through life. And uh, it, it's just a mutual love and respect for us. Do I got it all figured out? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. A lot of times one of the things that I, I speak and, and get to tell other people, I'm telling myself at the same time. So, But it, it's good to honor your mother and your father. And that's what, what Jesus was doing here. He was still being obedient to them because they were the ones that were God put as stewards over him. Okay, And obviously he was still born from Mary. So there, there was the, the relationship that they had there and everything. So he honored his parents. He obeyed them. And he, obviously he was blessed. And this is where I'm, I'm showing you about obedience with your parents. Okay. Jesus went with them back home to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. So it touched her what he, what he said. As Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity. You notice how that after he was obedient, they speak about the wisdom and maturity that Jesus grew in. Why? Because it's one of the blessings that come along with being obedient to your your parents. Wisdom, maturity comes from him. And the favor of men increased upon his life, for he was loved greatly by God. So not only was he obedient to his earthly parents, he was obedient to his Father in heaven. And a lot of times how you interact and engage with your parents is going to show how you interact excuse me, and engage with the Lord where your obedience is going to be at with Him. Because sometimes He's going to tell you things that you might not really want to do. And it, it, He'll tell you things that will seem scary to you, and you're just going to have to trust Him. And be obedient and do it. Does it change that He loves you if you're disobedient? No. Just like when my kids are disobedient, it doesn't change that I love them. I still love them. I want them to be obedient because I know it will benefit them to be obedient. You know, and, you know, as a earthly parent, I can push a little harder to where the Lord is a, a lot more gentle with how he pushes you and, and what he wants you to do. It's not even so much a pushing as a guiding because the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And the type of relationship that you have with parents is going to reflect in, in your relationship with the Lord and how you, you view him. And again, like I said, you might be hearing me and go, yeah, but you don't know how my parents were. I get that. I understand it. You give what the Lord is able to help you give. See, that's the deal. You can actually go and ask the Lord, Lord, I don't like those people. I hated how they raised me. I hated what they did. Or maybe you never knew them. Any, anything like that, any, any negative way you can think about parents. You can take that to the Lord. Because you obviously want your relationship with the Lord to grow, right? All right, then. If you want it to grow, then you can take it to Him and ask Him about it. Lord, this is something. This is an area in my life that I don't like, and I know that it's something you're touching on. Maybe I'm speaking to you right now, and it's convicting you. That's fine. That's Holy Spirit, because I'm not putting condemnation on you. I'm not telling you that you suck for doing it. No, absolutely not. If the Lord's working on that, that's conviction. Respond to it. And the best way you can respond to it is, Lord, this is these people. I don't like them. Be honest with them how you feel. I don't like them. In my heart of hearts, I want to punch them in the face, whatever it may be. But, Lord, I know that you don't want me to be that way. And I have to have your help with it. Don't you think that that's something that the Lord will get behind and help you with? And then what will flow out of that? Wisdom. Favor. favor. The Bible says we have favor with God and with men. 
sometimes to get to that point, the Lord's going to show you things that He needs to get worked out of you so that you can have those moments with that favor. And here's the beautiful part about favor, is favor ain't fair. <laughs> favor ain't fair. I know that's bad English, but favor is not fair or isn't fair, as opposed to saying ain't. But favor ain't fair. Because when the favor of God is on your life, He'll give you favor with men too. And where they might have gone and to say no, they're going to go yes. And they're going to speak yeses to you. That's the favor of the Lord. He'll help you to be able to obtain things that others might not be able to do. Put you in a position higher than what you thought. But maybe there's some things that He wants to, to work out with you. He wants to teach you. Do you think in that moment that Jesus actually wanted to leave? No, he was probably having a great time uh, with those teachers and everything and learning from them and getting to know more of his father. And he might have wanted to continue to stay there. Obviously, he knew that his parents left and he stayed there anyway. It wasn't because he was being a disobedient little jerk. He was just enamored with his father and wanted to know more. And he knew they were leaving. He probably should have went with them, but he says, I got to be here. I got to know more. So, there's that. But that's what I have for you today. It's, it's just, a, today was an extra quick little thing. You know, in this time of year, it's, it's something where I hope it'll help you examine your heart with uh, family a little bit. Maybe you have a great relationship with your parents and everything, and, and you just have to show them, hey, I just wanted to let you know I love you, whatever it may be. Or maybe you haven't seen them in a while. Maybe there's been hurt. Maybe they're gone. Any, any one of those things. But it's never too late. As long as you got breath in your lungs, it's never too late. For them, it may be too late for them to ask your forgiveness because they're gone. And that's fine. You can still take it to the Lord. Tell Him, Lord, I, I want to forgive my parents. I want to forgive them for, for whatever they did. They're not here. They can even ask me for it, but I need your help. Trust me, he'll do it, and he'll take you to another level. I've seen him do it with too many people's lives, and it's awesome. So if you've been watching and you're, you're wondering about that, maybe you want to forgive your parents, but you don't even know what it is to be saved. You don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you're, you're that person that, that grew up in a, a Christian home, and you, you backslid and fell away. And you know what? Maybe your parents decided to no longer have anything to do with you because of how you how you were, how you backslid. Today's the day of salvation. Maybe you lost your parents at a, at a young age and you were destroyed by it, like, like right out of hell came a steaming huge train and plowed right into you at a young age. And there's a lot of hurt there. And you, you don't even know if you're saved. You were saved then, you're not even sure if you're saved anymore. Then for you, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day where you can move forward again. Repentance is something that we'll do all of our, the days of our life. Yes, you're saved and your spirit's renewed, but your mind is constantly being renewed. That salvation is worked out constantly. That's Bible. So I want you to say a prayer with me if you fit into those three categories. And... It's a, it's a prayer of salvation. It's a prayer for the first time, the second time, fifth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth time, or even if you're not sure anymore. 
And this is what you're going to do. You're going to pray from your heart with your mouth out loud. Say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. Set me free. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you rose again for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me a passion for the lost and a hunger for the things of God and a holy boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am saved. I am born again, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. And just like that, in that moment, Jesus came to your life. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. God doesn't remember. You're a brand new creature. If, you, if that's something you need to identify with, is saying, I am a brand new creation. The old life has passed away. I am brand new. Then get with that. Get to know that. One of the ways you get to know that is by having a Bible. If you got saved and, or recommitted or whatever, just renewed who you are in Christ, then I want you to reach out to us. I want to send you this if you don't need a Bible. Reach out to me anyway. I still want to hear from you. But uh, I'd be happy to send you a, a Bible. This is a New Testament, New Living Translation. And it, it's not the full Bible. I got these because I want to whet your appetite and get you to, to find the, a good translation that you like. I like the NLT. I uh, use it to preach a lot. I preach from the King James, the Amplified. I use a bunch of different versions. And obviously the Passion Translation here. Why? Because I like to hear different ways that things are said. The meaning doesn't change with the translation. It just expounds and opens it up to help you understand it a little better. So that's what I, I got for you as a gift. Reach out to us. Let us know that you just got saved so we can uh, get that out to you and help you with growing. By all means, continue to tune in and, uh, and watch these videos. They'll be a blessing to you. They'll help you. And uh, it'll bring increase in your life in all different types of areas. Also, if you want to, join with us. If you've been blessed by the, the videos that we've been doing for this Advent season, uh, I want you to uh, think about partnering with us, joining with us in, in what we're doing, continuing to, to grow the ministry that the Lord's given us to reach the lost. And uh, one of the ways you can do that is by giving, giving of your, your finances. If we have a, an outreach or something going on that happens to be in your area, by all means, give with your time. Show up, and I have no problem putting people to work. It makes many hands make light work. And uh, But one of the ways you can do it is, is by giving of your finances into what we're doing here. It helps us. It helps things continue to grow. It makes these better. It uh, helps us with doing the outreaches. It helps us going after the lost. It uh, helps us with the traveling to get where we need to go. Amen. So think about that. I want you to do this. Pray, ask the Lord what he would have you give, and give that. No less and no more. You might not hear that too often. No less and no more. Do what the Lord tells you to do. One of the first ways that you can learn obedience is in your giving. I know, because I've had to practice it. Wouldn't be here if I didn't. So think about that, and uh, do what the Lord has you do. Also, here's what we got. Hashtag challenge accepted. Hit your parents up today might be a hard thing for you to do. Maybe the first step would just be to ring their phone. Praise the Lord, do that. Okay? If you can't reach out to them, talk to the Lord, because He's your Father. Amen? All right, and that'll be your hashtag accepted. 
everybody, I love you. Good to be with you today. Mwah! I'll see you later. God bless you. Hey, this is Jeremy Puckett from Fire Now Ministries. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Fire Now Ministries is an evangelistic outreach ministry, and we're based in Pennsylvania. We're constantly looking for ways to reach to the communities and spread the love of Christ. We just want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment and share this with others. Share and helps. If you find yourself touched by this message, I want you to consider sowing a seed into this ground and join with us and help us in getting the gospel out. All the links are going to be in the description box, for, but for a simple way, PayPal me slash fire now. All gifts are tax deductible, 501c3, and I'll see you soon. Bye.